This podcast is brought to you by McNally's The Law Firm as the official sponsors of Stingray Radio. They are the partners of the MUA Sydney branch in ensuring all workers' rights are protected and advanced. McNally's The Law Firm have represented maritime workers and their unions for 50 years. tuned in to Radio Stingray. Well, welcome, comrades, to Radio Stingray, the official and brand-new podcast of the Maritime Union of Australia, Sydney branch. Radio Stingray is brought to you from the stolen lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and into the future. Comrades, well, welcome to the inaugural show. Uh, we want to entertain you and update you with information related to the MUA Sydney branch and what's happening around the country Please show us some patience. We want you to be entertained and enjoy the show, but we also want you to participate by sending questions and ideas for our next shows by going to the MUA Sydney Branch Facebook page. I also want to give a big shout-out to our podcast sponsors, being McNally's The Law Firm, Protect Income Protection Providers, Unity Bank, Your Bank at Work, and RT Health, our healthcare fund. I also want to give a big thank you to our dear... An old friend and comrade, Cooper Silk, who's a broken-down, retired 41-year-old wharfie hey. with golden tonsils. Silky, thanks to you, mate, and the um, and Radio Hub for making this all possible. Comrades, how is all going? What do you think about this new podcast? This is fantastic. How cool is this at Radio Hub here to be with you three great comrades here doing it? What a fantastic way to get the message out once again and use new technology to uh, pass it out. How you doing, Kudo? What do you think of uh, the podcast? Hello, PG. Um, I reckon it's uh, brilliant, mate. You know, it's something uh, moving to another level, getting the message out, speaking to workers and our community. Comrades, we have a massive show for you here today. We're going to go around the grounds and update you with workplace issues. We speak to special guests, ITF President and MUA National Secretary Paddy Crumlin, as well as the new Secretary of the ACTU, Sally McManus. We'll take a short break, and when we come back, we'll dive into the CFMEU rally. You are listening to Radio Stingray. Protect is Australia's leading industry severance scheme, with over 30,000 workers and 1,200 participating employers. Protect works hard to provide vital financial security for workers when you and your family need it most. For more information, email www.protect.net.au. Welcome back to Radio Stingray, the official podcast of the MUA Sydney branch. Well, it's been a big month for the Sydney branch and there's been plenty on, but one of the highlights of June was the uh, CFMEU rally, a rally that was held all around the country and certainly here in Sydney to support our comrades in the CFMEU and fight against the attacks from the ABCC. You're right there, PG. What a great feeling it was that day. I've been in plenty of these demonstrations and to see 20,000 people get out in the street and thousands around the country angry and determined to get rid of the ABCC. That's right, Joe. The most anti-democratic, anti-worker, anti-union uh, set of laws this country's ever seen. And, mate, I've got to tell you, there is a mood out there. Macca, what do you think? 
Well, I think it was a fantastic initiative that was led by the CFMEU, bringing tens of thousands of trade unionists out into the streets. How good is that, to be back out in the streets again, fighting for our rights? You can't win them by sitting home doing nothing. You've got to be out there in the streets fighting for everything that workers are entitled to, and that's just about everything, I reckon. So a massive shout-out and a massive thanks to uh, Sparkles and his team at the CFMEU are really frightened from the front, and it was so fantastic to participate there with them. We were so lucky to be there and with you know quite a few hundred MUA members, but tens of thousands of other trade unionists, particularly from the CFMEU, was a great day with some great speeches and some great passion. Actually, we're lucky enough to have some uh, a recording of uh, Macca. You spoke on the day and let's take a listen. Inequality unjust. Yes. And what are we? 
be broken. <laughs> Sally McManus, give her a round of applause. <laughs> the rise in inequality can only be defeated by a rise in militancy. A rise in attacks on the working class can only be defeated by a rise in attacks on the ruling class. A rise in the power of capitalism can only be defeated by a rise in the power of socialism. If you hear anyone tell you that turning out today is wrong, then they are our enemy. If any politician on the news tonight suggests that us coming together in solidarity is wrong, then they are wrong and they are our enemy. If any politician, any politician tells us that we don't have the right to strike, then they are our enemy also and we will fight against every single one of them. the Australian, the Sydney Morning Herald and all of those other rotten newspapers, how bad everything that we fight for is, how wrong everything we fight for is. So I want to ask you, do we need less rights at work? No! Do we need less job security? No! Do we need less workplace protection? No! Do we need less safety? No! Do we need more workplace deaths? No! Do we need Great effort. I'm pretty sure you'll need a couple of losses now. Yeah, well, I, on my way back to work, I had to buy three barrelfuls of suvers. It was a, it was a pretty big day. But how good was it to speak in front of at least 500,000 people? You know, the Telegraph come out and said 20, I think, but it was at least half a million there. Um, comrade PG, what about that at the Next Gen Conference last last week? Eh, it was a great, great initiative by the ACTU. You were there. What was it like? Look, it was fantastic to be at the Next Gen Conference. It was remarkable. You're seeing trade unionists from all around the country as well as New Zealand and even a few imported from the US to talk about the next generation of trade union leaders, activists, delegates and how we're going to take on the fight. It was the uh, same campaign with new moves. And one of the things that we did see at the conference was the female participation rate. There was nearly a 1,000 delegates there with nearly 500 uh, women and two of the greatest women in Australia in the trade union movement, Jed Carney and Sally McManus, were there, leading us into the next campaign, the next fight and next battle. I was lucky enough to talk to Sally and catch up with her during the conference, and this is a bit of what she had to say. Well, we're here at the ACTU Next Gen Conference. Paul Garrett here, and I'm with the new ACTU Secretary, I suppose six months in now, Sally McManus. Sally, thanks for joining us on Stingray Radio, the initial inaugural MUA podcast. Awesome. It's actually only three months. It feels like six months. (laughs) 
How have you been finding the conference? We've seen uh, there's some thousand delegates here from around Australia, from New Zealand. We've seen them across uh, the Pacific, from United States and Canada. How's the conference been with you so far? Yeah, look, it's really awesome to get everyone together. There's rank and file leaders here, uh, as well as you know union leaders and everyone in between. And you know, the thing is, is there's not many times when we get together. It's sort of like our big corroboree, really, um, from all across the country, share stories, share our successes, share our failures, but also you know come together in unity and make commitments to uh, take up the fight. You've hit the ground running. I think uh, you started off by inspiring everyone in the trade union movement in Australia when you'd done a quick uh, segment on the 7.30 report back in March and uh, was challenged about bad laws being broken and certainly you seem to uh, make sure that every right-wing shock jock felt the need to make commentary the next day. What's the feedback been like since that day in March when you made those statements? A lot of members have responded, but what are you hearing around Australia about these laws? Yeah, so I don't um, care about what the shock jocks, jocks say or the Australian or Michaelia Cash or Malcolm Turnbull because the point is, is I don't work for them, I work for union members and um, what I get overwhelmingly is support from across the country and it's because people know that our workplace rights just aren't strong enough, our um, strike laws in Australia are just also so restrictive and that you know people have been fined left, right and centre uh, just for taking really basic industrial action and that uh, that, that uh, hasn't been the case in our country for a very long period of time and it's part of the reason why we've got such low wage growth, part of the reason why um, inequalities got so bad is because our laws are, are no good and they need to change. You talk about laws needing to change, we've seen a decision by the Fair Work Commission in the last few months on penalty rates which I think everyone's still coming to terms with and that decision's going to affect some of the lowest paid workers in Australia. Oh, there's there's a fight there, but what do we need to do to change this? It's obviously affecting uh, those who need that money on the weekends, that need those shift allowances. Yeah, so it's 700,000 workers, and they're going to lose, on average, $70 a week, so that's a lot of money, and you know, there's no bigger example about how um, broken our workplace laws are than that penalty rates decision. Like, how is it that Fair Work Commission can make a decision that cuts the pay of the lowest paid workers at a time of low wage growth, at a time even a Reserve Bank, even the bloody Treasurer says we need a wage rise. So what have we got to do? Well, got to go and campaign and win public opinion, which isn't too hard on penalty rates. We've already won it, I think. And then we've got to get in place a government that's going to change the laws to make sure that this never, ever happens again. Through the Next Gen Conference, there's a number of messages coming up. One's about the importance of organising, another's also about messaging and communications. What can the delegates from these three days take away? What message or priority should they take back into the workplace? Well, um, we've all got to go and find examples of where um, the rules are broken. So when you've got um, labour hire being used to undercut um, conditions, where you've got uh, bosses that lock out workers, Every time we can tell the story in our communities of that happening, we're um, making the case out there in the public that we need to change the rules for working people. So um, that's part of messaging. Like every single one of us, if we're, you know, leader of ACTU, if we're a, a union member or workplace delegate, has got a role to play. If we all go out and say, look, see how weak, see how inadequate our um, rights are, um, we're going to build the case to change it. So that's a, that's a big take-out message. I suppose the last question, Sally, for anyone who's on uh, Facebook who follows you, 
knows two things. One, you're an average uh, Wanderers fan, and I don't think you've missed a match, but if you have, you, you've been travelling the country, and I don't think you've missed a port in the country at this point. You certainly put up all your travels and have been seen everywhere. How have your travels been in the last three months? Yeah, look, really good. Um, I haven't been to the Northern Territory yet, but I've been to every other um, state uh, in the country, and I've spent a lot of time in regional Queensland uh, as well the last couple of weeks. And really what that's all about is getting out there and telling the story that inequality is at a 70-year high, the rich have too much power, and uh, the answer to that is that we've got to make uh, the rich pay their fair share of tax and working people need stronger rights at work. That's how we're going to go about making Australia fair again. Um, everywhere I go and tell that story, if that's inner city Melbourne or if that's you know Townsville in Queensland, people respond. People know that the, um, the rules are broken. People know that. It's about us, the trade union movement, inspiring people that we can change the rules just like we have throughout our history. ACTU Secretary Sally McManus, thanks for joining us. Cheers, no worries. What a great interview. You know, Sally's proven to me and a lot of other comrades that she's prepared to stand up to the plate and have a go for us. Good on you, Sally McManus. Well, it's one thing that stood out. I mean, she was there. She's happy to fight. She's happy to be involved in every campaign. After the interview, we're having a talk. I think in the three months that she's been there, she's been around just about every port in Australia. It's been fantastic. Um, going talking to all the workers and wanting to be a part of it, not just from Melbourne or from Sydney, but going into the individual ports and places and talking to workers. And that's what we need, a real campaign, a fighting campaign where the community's engaged. Exactly. Change the rules? Absolutely. There ain't a ruling class rule that I don't want to change. Fantastic there from Sally, leading from the front as always. Well, comrades, if you've liked what you've heard so far, please head over to the iTunes website and subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. Also, we'd love to hear your feedback. Please head over to the MUA Sydney Branch Facebook page and leave us a comment and we'd love to have your advice about what the next show should look like. What's a bloody podcast again? Radio Stingray, brought to you by Unity Bank, your bank at work. Welcome back to Radio Stingray. We're about to hop straight into the disputes. Keto, you've started most of them, comrade. What can you update the members with? The big one's been Patrick's. Uh, the last five months has been an ongoing battle with a company that refused to implement the new enterprise agreement, but more importantly is the, uh, the blue that we've had down at the rail. We know Patrick's and Cube wanted to hive it off and have it as non-union labour. And we said no. The community's come out, our members, and I've got to say a uh, great thanks to uh, our comrades in the ITF and the IDC all over the world. We continue to fight. We're not going to cop non-union labour. We're not going to cop wage theft by these companies. And we are winning and we continue to struggle. We'll fight back when any boss thinks that they're going to come at us. Joe, you've had a few blues as well, mate, down there in the port. What can you t tell the members? Well, I can tell them that the struggle never never finishes. They come at us every day. We thought we had some ground with Port Authority of New South Wales. Up until this morning, you know, we had a letter of intent that we signed off with this company in good faith to make sure that the fire tugs, Shirley Smith and Ted Noss, remain in the port. This morning, much to my regret, the harbour master sends me a letter to say all bets are off, the status quo applies. Well, the workers are not going to cop that. I spoke to the workers this morning and the workers are saying if that's the attitude of the Port Authority, 
we want to take protected action. PG, you've also been in some blues, mate, this month. What can you update the members with? Well, there's plenty going on. I've got to give it to Manly Fast Ferries Management. I mean, if there's ever a company that can prove that uh, you can't put brains in statues, it'll be absolutely the bosses of that joint. We're currently having a blue with Manly Fast Ferries about the workers down there getting the correct award rate. We're not talking about over-award. We're not talking about big wages. We're talking about the absolute minimum. And we're dealing with Manly Fast Ferries now that are trying to argue, not only to the workers but in the courts, that their ferries aren't ferries. They're trying to argue that they're another type of vessel and they don't come under the award. But the difference to workers means that on the weekend they can't even have a decent uh, set of pay, go home with decent rates of paid for their family. They're trying to undercut penalty rates at a time when the trade union movement's having a blue. We're a part of that blue. And the other big blue that we're having is down at Barangaroo. A real good news story with a new wharf opening, meaning more jobs for members, more ferry services. And we're dealing with the New South Wales government and McConnell Dow, who opened a wharf prematurely that was unsafe, not finished. The Premier come down on Monday and said that it was on time and on budget. We know full well that it was at least three months overdue and at least $25 million over budget. But here's the, here's the thing. The government wanted to put in a wharf that was unsafe and the workers down there and the branch have been fighting, all four of us have had the fight down there, to make sure that that wharf's brought up to an acceptable standard. Now, we got it there, but we know three months ago a worker was killed down there and it's disgraceful to see the New South Wales government allowing a wharf to be open that it was uh, substandard and we've had to fight to deal with that and I've got to hand it uh, to the delegates down there who've actually stood up and fought the company and their own company to make sure that those standards were improved before the first ferry come in. Well, Keto, if we spoke about all the blues during the month, mate, we'd go on forever. Um, one of the blues that we had last week down there at Patrick's was the the tyre debacle where the robots, uh, those straddles that run around the yard, seemingly to tear the joint to pieces, developed big ruts, and now we've had an explosion of a tyre. Can you update us with what's happening down there? I can, Mecca. Uh, this was one of the most serious safety issues that we've uh, come across for a while. These straddles, when a tyre blows out, someone can be seriously injured or killed. What we found was that the company wasn't uh, aiming up to their end of the, uh, the deal when it comes to workers' safety. We had to shut down the yard. We had to inspect the yard because of the, the uh, disgraceful uh, state of these tyres. On the initial inspection of the tyres, made 30 tyres had to be replaced. That's how serious this was big gouges in tyres that becomes a ticking time bomb for workers. Truck drivers, uh, wharfies, maintenance workers. We shut it down for hours. Why? Because the company did not look after workers' safety and we won't cop it. We're uh, still taking up this, uh, this matter. It's ongoing and we'll keep the members uh, up to date on where it goes. And comrades, just to wrap things up, wasn't it great to see over 120 workers be converted from casual to permanent down there at Hutchison. We were down there for 136 days in 2015, trying to win our right to work on the waterfront, and this company made a decision to casualise it again. Yet we had the struggle, we had the fight, the members stood up time and time again, and only after a few months being casual, they're now converted into full-time permanents. It's fantastic, and congratulations to everyone who fought in that blue. Well, comrades, enterprise agreement negotiations take up a great deal of our time in office. We've been negotiating around 15 enterprise agreements in the last month. Joe, what's a few of yours, mate? Yeah, good on you, Macca. Look, as I've outlined, PA New South Wales, that's the Port Authority. We've been dealing with these people. We thought we had some sort of breakthroughs, but we've got a, a major issue come this morning. But 
I'm confident we can get around it. We have the Inco Bards as uh, EBA current. We've had to put these recalcitrants in their place a couple of times, but we're getting there. CSL shipping, the CSL shipping campaign, we've got, they've got four vessels, this mob, and they haven't signed off on one agreement with us, so that's potentially another dispute in the making, but we'll get there. RMS, Rose and Maritime Services, even though the maritime section of this uh, industry is up to speed with EBA levels and, you know, working conditions. The road side of these uh, workplaces are not, and it's the MUA's determination in Sydney here to make sure that these workers are brought up to speed with other workers. The Coral Knight is a vessel that was working on survey vessels, on uh, lighthouses. The Coral Knight now is in, you know, we're just about ready to put it in dispute because TK Shipping, the company involved with this project, are all of a sudden wanting to play games with us, so we're ready to take them on. Good on you, Joe. And, Paul, you've got a few areas yourself, mate. What are those? Yeah, well, I think with a lot of the EBAs, we're probably mid-cycle uh, for the ones I deal with, but I can say that there are a few going on. Just two days ago, uh, Kudo and I were working through National Maritime Services in Port Botany, and that's been uh, going on for an extended period of time. I've got to thanks, thank Kudo for getting involved there. We uh, just seen that concluded finally and seen the stand put on the enterprise agreement there. And certainly by saying no and standing up, we've seen an increase in those wages that needed to happen to uh, advance the linesman industry. 2K, there's a few EBAs going on there. The Ocean Shield, which does the uh, government services, that's up for negotiation at the moment. And there's a few other projects looking to come through in the pipeline. And the other big one that we're dealing with at the moment, of course, is mainly fast ferries, which I've touched on before. Certainly trying to uh, organise a fair go for those ferry workers and bring them in line with the industry average. We've closed out a couple of others. Trident LNG, the gas buggies, those seafarers there working between Karatha and Japan. That's been closed off now and uh, certainly like most EBAs, you negotiate them, you get them done and then you have to fight to make sure they're implemented, which seems to be a stock standard position of most maritime employers. But they've been underway and they've been knocked over. I think Sydney Ferries will be coming up shortly again, so certainly there'll be a lot of work there again to advance those conditions of ferry workers. Well, Keto, if you're not fighting them, mate, you're negotiating with them. There's a number of areas and new areas too. Uh, non-traditional areas that we've gone and organised and, and, and are working towards developing union consciousness and, and, and conditions of employment. Can you update us with some of the EAs you're doing, mate? Yeah, no worries, Macca. There's, there's a few on me plate and I'm doing a few with you too, mate. Uh, TGS, the security uh, firm down at Patrick's of Port Botany, those workers got organised. Been a long struggle for them and uh, they're getting organised. Companies give them an offer, they've rejected it and we're going to a PAB. Good on them, and uh, we'll see how we go there. Calmar, Calmar's the maintenance down at Patrick's. We've just started that EA. I reckon it'll be around rosters, scope of work, uh, most importantly, and also apprenticeships. Uh, Cube, rail truck, and Cube container yards. I'm doing them with you, Macca, and uh, we'll probably hit the uh, DP World container yard there as well as we go along. We'll keep the members uh, up to date on where that is. Uh, and just as we speak now, the cube workers down at the Overseas Passenger Terminal and White Bay, our wharfies, have just voted against the uh, company offer, so we'll see how that uh, uh, plays out. Well, there's a few there with the name Cube in front of it, and I'll tell you what, I think it's a good opportunity to let Cube know that no matter how hard they try and fight us, no matter how hard they try and de-unionise us, no matter how hard they try and strip away our conditions of employment, they will never, ever find us surrendering. 
the workers in all of these workplaces have stood up in a really challenging environment, I've got to say, and there's nothing more inspiring to me as an official to see workers stand up and fight back. And enterprise agreements aren't the best system that we uh, want to work under, but nonetheless, it's the system that we've got, and we'll make sure we can extract every single thing we can when workers are prepared to stand up and fight for it. Welcome back to Radio Stingray, the MUA Sydney branch podcast, trying to entertain you once a month. If you haven't done so already, please head over to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, and leave a rating and review. Comrades, we've been out there organising new workers in non-traditional areas. Paul, where have you been, mate? Well, down at Sydney Harbour, mate, there's a lot of opportunities down there. There's a lot of workers who have been on the charter vessels, uh, Captain Cook Cruises, You've got Fantasy Cruises, Manly Fast Ferry and a few other companies that have been going around and underpaying their workers. And what the branch has seen in the recent month, that plenty of those workers have just had enough. They've seen the good work that's done down at Harbour City Ferries as well as elsewhere in the branch of organising, standing up and fighting. And they've just said enough's enough. So what we've been doing is down there talking to those workers. Plenty of them asked for application forms to join the union. Plenty of them joined up. And a lot of them want to go back to their boss and say, listen... We're happy to do the work. We're happy to provide the service, but in return, we want to be paid the correct rates of pay. So a lot of conversations there, a lot of promise, and hopefully some more good news next month. And a, and a great news at Wire Drawn Ferries too. Joe, where have you been, mate? Well, mate, after this podcast or whatever you call it, I've been down the Garden Island. There's a lot of workers there who are crying out for leadership. And in fact, there's non-union people down there that sadly other unions have neglected. And the MUA is all about getting down there and organise them. So next time around when we have this podcast, there you go, I got it. When we have this podcast, I'll be giving you a full report of what we're doing down there at Garden Island, comrade. Keto, you've been um, fighting every boss in every corner of the industry and you're not afraid to take any of them on. So where have you been? Yeah, there's a bit going on, mate. You know, RMS, Roads and Maritime Services, our campaigns coordinator Marla, Marla Konomos and myself, uh, are going to put a lot of resources down there and start organising areas that we uh, haven't traditionally uh, looked at. Uh, but there's a bit. Diving, small tugs and barges. And I've got to say with the barges, we'll be working with our comrades, the CFMEU and ourselves, and uh, uh, and we'll be going into those areas that ordinarily haven't been ours. So if you want to join the Maritime Union Sydney branch, give us a call, 9265 8444, speak to the staff and they'll send you the forms. Or jump on Facebook, send a message through and they'll jump back and uh, give you the forms. Get in contact, speak to someone and come and join the MUA. And as we say in the Sydney branch, if you can see water, join the MUA. This segment is brought to you by RT Health, your industry mutual. A not-for-profit health fund that is all about a better deal for its members, not shareholders. Call RT Health on 1300 5646. Four, six, and find out how you can join the crew. Comrades, a great deal of the Sydney branch's time is devoted to campaigning out in the streets. There's a number of campaigns that we're involved in currently. Keto, can you update us with what's happening with the workers, Dr. Mate? As you know, Macca, and uh, for all our comrades out there, uh, since the state government uh, under O'Farrell come in, workers' compensation laws have been gutted. Uh, the union then organised and have built a partnership with Dr Lim and his team of uh, doctors and specialists. Dr Lim has got vast experience, his expert knowledge of the insurance industry and his commitment to fight for workers' rights is second to none. 
there's a there's a lot of things around uh, workers' rights, and workers don't know too much about workers' comp. And when you're injured, call the branch. It'll be bulk billed under uh, Dr. Limina's team. He specialises in the workers' compensation and rehabilitation, workplace back to work assessments. Dr. Lim encourages all injury case meetings to include union officials. All live workers' comp claims can be transferred over to Dr. Limina's team. The branch has set up a workers' doctor's email address, which will confidentially store all medical records in the one spot for each individual member. Journey insurance, and the list goes on. Joe, we've seen this rotten Liberal government attack workers every minute that they've been in office. Mate, the latest attacks around penalty rates, isn't that a disgrace? It is, Macca, and I'll tell you... If you don't fight, you lose. It's an old song and a pretty true song. If you don't have a go, you'll get beaten every time. Tomorrow, the 1st of July, marks the terrible, terrible indictment of this federal government where they're going to strip the penalty rates of the most disadvantaged workers in this country, retail workers and hospitality workers. What an absolute disgrace it is that these people that are on the lowest common denominator are going to have their wages stripped even further by a so-called fair work ombudsman. Really, it puts a lot of emphasis on why we need to rehash what the Fair Work Commission's all about. So I say to everyone out there, all you comrades that are willing to have a go, get your friends involved because there's plenty of action initiatives going to happen around penalty rates. Let's stand up for these workers that find it hard to stand up for themselves. Get in there, comrade, and give them a chop out. Absolutely, Joe. And we're going to be out there fighting every single day to ensure that this rotten government's attacks on workers are fought against and that workers, particularly in those industries, are able to maintain the conditions that have been built up over many generations. Paul, you've been uh, involved in the bus drivers' campaigns, mate. What can you tell us there? Well, if Gladys Berejiklian has a way, the wheels on the bus won't go round and round. (laughs) I mean... We're having a look here. They've got the ex-Dud Harbour City Ferry CEO moved to state transit, and the first thing he's done is gone and announced the privatisation with the government of 233 bus routes. That's 1,200 jobs. Now, let's talk about it. The buses still cost the same to purchase. The fuel still costs the same to purchase. The registration's still the same for the buses. Everything's still the same. There's only one variable cost, and that's of labour. And why are they looking to privatise the buses and have a go at those 1,200 workers? Because the buses aren't running on time. Any study in recent times has shown that Sydney traffic is moving seven kilometres an hour slower than what it was years ago. So who do we blame? We don't blame the government who can fix it. We don't blame the roads and maritime service who are charged with the responsibility as a government agency. We give the workers a kick and then privatise their jobs. So then they have to go back not only to fight to keep their jobs, their long service leave, their travel passes, which you're entitled to as a government worker. They've got to fight to retain the actual money that they have. And it's just a ridiculous position that the government's put these workers in. And it's not the end of it. All state transit uh, bus drivers are going to get deflected if Barry Jicklin and Andrew Constance gets their way. So the MUA's been in with the RTBU. We've been backing them in their campaigns. There's been plenty of MUA members turning out, as they did for us during the ferry privatisation, and there'll be more campaigns in the next week. So we urge all members, find out and get on board. This is the inner west bus routes, and there's plenty of the members that have used the buses over the years. Get on board, get involved, and go and support those workers who are standing up and fighting for their jobs.
Well, well done, comrades. They're just some of the campaigns. And as members would know, the MUA Sydney branch sends out a What's On e-bulletin very regularly to let you know of the campaigns that we're involved in and how you can get out there in the streets and make this world a better place. Well, for everyone out there in podcast land, that's the updates in relation to our industrial rounds. Coming up after the break will be our National Secretary and ITF President, Mr Paddy Crumlin. You're listening to Radio Stingray. Welcome back to Radio Stingray. Well, in the Sydney branch, we're blessed with three great staffers, Melissa, Gina and Marla, and we've actually got Marla in today. She's been uh, the driving force behind the scenes to get this started and pull it together. Welcome along, Marla. Shabbat shalom. It's great to be here on Feminist Friday. They tell me you've uh, been doing some interviews this week. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Well, I was lucky enough to catch up with Paddy Crumlin, our National Secretary of our mighty union and the President of the International Transport Workers Federation. And Paddy just talked me through the emergence of maritime podcasts. That's fantastic. Let's take a listen. Oh, well, this is a great initiative um, by the Sydney branch of the MUA. The podcast approached by rank and file longshoremen out of Vancouver has proven to be uh, one of the most exciting and creative processes within the trade union movement and particularly within longshoremen and maritime workers, uh, young working men and women uh, from the wharves and the docks of Vancouver talking about issues confronting all dock workers and all maritime workers and all workers generally have really reached out to a whole audience of um, working men and women and working communities that want to understand more about what the challenges are, what they can do about these enormous challenges these days from the neoliberal agenda, the tremendous attack on working rights, the tremendous attack on our social infrastructure, our housing, our ability to access housing, our Medicare, the ability to be able to deliver proper workers' compensation, even penalty rates across the board, taking away job security, the movement away from permanent security at work and replacement by casual work and precarious work. These are things that we need to talk about and to be able to identify what the issues are and, most importantly, to be able to identify what we're doing about it what we can do about it, what other workers around the world are doing about it, so that we can join together and make our initiatives as pervasive, as militant, um, as supportive to those working men and women and their communities, both on the job and away from the job, to be able to properly counter the great challenges. This is a world that's dominated by tax evasion, dominated by elite corporate Uh, activity uh, in conjunction with failed political processes that haven't delivered the um, basic necessities of day-to-day working lives in Australia, in Canada, in the United States, across the world, and that we need to be able to identify that these things are challengeable and that with leadership and the leadership of ordinary working men and women finding their voices, not only through the podcasts, but out through mass action, out through involvement in community politics, out there by becoming activists on the job, being able to confront that type of elitism and what it intends to do, basically take away the fundamental dignities, working life dignities, home life dignities, family life dignities, and decent lives overall. 
Now, this is something worth talking about and been able to be very specific about it. We had the Next Gen Conference where over 1,100 workers came from around Australia and around the world. Young working men and women, middle-aged working men and women, men and women in the last stages of their working lives wanting to know what they can do about it. And as they said, a theme of the two or three day meeting was that we can change the world, we can break out, we can do things differently, we can say no to this bullshit, we can say no to the elite agenda, we can say no to political parties that have failed to give us the support on the job so that we can have decent collective agreements, so that if we've forced to work on a Sunday, we get properly compensated so that we can have quality family life at some other time and not just roll over like some squib because the Murdochs and the Turnbulls and the big corporations, the banks, that are so determined to rip us off at another level, you know, we're the only, <laughs> the taxpayers, the real taxation, the people that are maintaining this country as community infrastructure are working men and women. It's not the BHPs of the world. It's not the big three banks or the big four banks. It's not any of those. They're too busy about shipping their money offshore, their profits offshore, the chevrons of the world that are cannibalising our sovereign wealth and LNG and at the same time, you know, overtly misrepresenting their taxation position to rob um, the Australian taxpayer of their rightful taxation for the use of that sovereign wealth, gas, over two or three years, $280 million dollars. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. So we can do something about it. We can break out. We can find our voice. It's not going to be the political institutions that find the voice. It's going to be by mass mobilisation, by working through the labour uh, activist methodology, working with the environmental movement, working with environmental, social and governance at every level, translating our lives in the lives of activity, listening, debating constructively and positively, understanding that we're diverse. Nothing wrong with diversity. The elite agenda, the neoliberal agenda is about keeping working communities apart on the basis of prejudice. Prejudice on race, prejudice on xenophobia, prejudice on not differentiating on gender, prejudice about not differentiating on age. All of those voices, all of those areas of community and human life are equally important. That's the great fabric of the international human movement, basically led by international labour activists and international labour movement. We are the leadership. Working men and women are the leadership. And we're not going to be divided by those elite separations. We are going to defy that and be able to unite and be able to unify around the principles of decency at work, decency at home, and most of all, cooperation across uh, not only across generations, across gender and across age, but across geographical differentiation. It's an exciting time to be part of a conversation and part of a dialogue, not just only in the maritime industry, just not within the working community in Australia, but across the world. A great uprising of voices, and that's what we saw at NextGen, against what is basically a corruption of moral and human and civil rights values going on in the world today. So let's find our voice. And once we find our voice, we'll find the activity to back up those voices. We'll talk the talk and we'll walk the walk because that's what 
we deserve. That's how we got here. That's how we got decent wages and conditions of employment on the docks and on the ships and in the maritime industry and in other key industries. And how we're going to maintain it is to continue to have that level of activity and that level of discussion constructive discussion and working together. Reject the bullshit about division and the internal criticisms, constant criticism of dragging your union down, defying the labour movement, saying that it's past or it's not functional. We are functional. We are the future. We have always been the future. That's why we're in such a strong position to fight back again and again and again. So let's find our voices. Let's find the activities. And together, comrades, let's fight back. Well, there you have it. Another great contribution from our National Secretary, Paddy Crumlin. A great way to finish the show, comrades. How was it? I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really did. No, well done, Macri. A good initiative, and it's good to uh, use this new technology, get the podcast out. And I'd like to give a shout-out to Dan Cask, our mate over in ILW Canada. He's already sent us a message on Facebook while we were recording this. Um, you know, a good mate, good friend of the MUA and certainly a leader in the union podcast. So hello, mate, and all your comrades over there in 502 Canada. Well done to the Sydney branch. This is fantastic. Yeah, I reckon it was great, and I hope everyone out there loved it too. Well, that wraps up the first inaugural podcast, Radio Stingray, the official podcast of the MUA Sydney branch. I hope you enjoyed it, and if you have, please head over to iTunes and subscribe to our monthly podcast and ensure that you give us a rating and review. We'd also love to hear your feedback. If you're willing to do so, please head over to the Facebook page of the MUA Sydney branch and give us an update about what you thought of today's show and what you'd like to see in the future. This podcast is proudly brought to you by McNally's The Law Firm and our other sponsors, Unity Bank, Protect and RT Health. See you next month, comrades. You're tuned in to Radio Stingray.